0: Good morning, morning. oh that feels much better, it warms my heart uh, to be here with you this morning here on Palm Sunday, we're coming out of this Lenten study called Humanity's Condition and we have considered what sin has done for humanity, it's left us with this incredible amount of baggage that we have to walk around with uh, and and, and now we are just kind of wondering what to do with all of this stuff that that, that we carry just being a human. And so we've been kind of walking through what all of that means, the shame and the vulnerability, the pride, the confusion, all of this stuff that we kind of carry around. And now we're kind of sliding into Palm Sunday and, and what that means. We kind of have this transitional time that we we transitioning out of Lent into uh, Easter through Holy Week. And here on this day, we celebrate we remember and commemorate that Jesus came into, the, into Jerusalem, the capital city, to the temple gates with this procession. People were cutting down limbs and laying them on the road. People were taking palm branches and waving them. And we replicated that as best we can here this morning. The children walked through our sanctuary waving palm branches, laying them down in front of the altar. That's a powerful moment as we, as the church, remember that Jesus Christ came into the capital city, into the temple, into the world to do something special, to do something gracious, something so loving that we have spent 2,000 years trying to figure out just how deep and powerful this act is. That's what we're here for. That's what we kind of enter into this season of of Holy Week. And and we recognize that Jesus Christ came into this city to do something wonderful. Something powerful. Something that would lead him to death on a cross. To be buried in a tomb and, and on the third day to rise up to be resurrected to a new life. Resurrected the first of the resurrection for us all. What a... What a day. What a day of transition this is for us. I want to thank the children. for Now they're all over in Children's Church, but they did a fantastic job. And, and then the choir, thank you. And Virginia, thank you for playing and singing. Wonderful, powerful anthem this morning. And then in, in, a, in, a, in a few minutes, I promise I won't keep this that long, we're going to have lunch together. And it smells really good over there. And there's at least one or two tables of just desserts. So think about that. Let your mind begin to wonder. Yeah, I can see it. I can almost taste it. And then we'll have this time of fellowship. And just sitting around tables together and talking and sharing and laughing and smiling. And then we'll have this Easter egg hunt and there's eggs scattered all over our campus and the children will scamper through and trample, I'm sorry Bonnie, they're gonna trample some bushes (laughs) today. But it's a big day and I'm just so thankful to be here with you and I'm thankful you chose, have chosen to wake up and be here with us uh, today. And you know we, as we kinda get into this whole notion of Palm Sunday and this triumphant entry into, into Jerusalem, a couple of things come to mind. You ever have one of those friends that just kind of finds a way to get you in trouble? When you're growing up and you're a young adult, you have those, those there are those people. And they just find ways to, to land in trouble. And you're there with them to land in trouble. I, I have one of those. I think I have a few of those friends. And I want us to think about what, what, that, what, it, what it feels like. When you have this friend who's been a friend maybe for years, or maybe it's just a, a, a new acquaintance, but you're with this person, and they land in trouble, and you're with them. What is your response? What is your, what is your reply? How, how do you respond to being in trouble with somebody? But just by being there, by following them, by being with them, you find yourself in some hot water. My friend, I, I, I don't even know how many times, I, he was in our wedding, He's a good friend of, uh, through high school and in in through college. And I found myself in more trouble with that guy. And there were times I wanted to just run away. And there were times that we both wanted to just run away. Now he was not an intimidating guy; he was smaller than I was and and, and had no there was, if you were to look at him, you would, there was not one threatening bone in his body, but he could find a way to get us in trouble. There was one account we were we were we were both I think we were twenty years old, and we had gone to a fraternity party, and um, we were there, and he 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 did something, said something. And next thing I know, there are about six or eight or, I don't know, a dozen fraternity brothers all around us. And I'm thinking, what did you do? And this was my fraternity. These were my brothers. Now, I hadn't been active in over a year and a half. And most of these guys, none of these guys knew who I was. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get out of this? And when I get out of this, I'm going to smack you in the head. I wanted to run. Oh, I wanted to run away. If I could get out of there. Now, fortunately, we got out with not much trouble. God is gracious and good and good all the time. But I want us to hang on to those moments in your life where, where you were following somebody, hanging out with somebody, and you just got into a world of trouble, something you never would have picked for yourself. That's, that kind of episode, those kinds of experiences are spoken about in our passages today. Now, our, our passage is familiar. It's Matthew's account of the Lord's entry into Jerusalem, this triumphant entry. Now, he, he, he's coming from Jericho. In the Synoptic Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we have one account of Jesus coming to this, the capital city of Jerusalem, one. And this is it. When he arrives for the final week of his earthly ministry, the week he would enter into his passion, would die on a cross, would be buried in a tomb, and on the third day would rise again. This is the one episode of Jesus entering the city. And as he makes his way from Galilee, he he finds himself in Jericho. As he travels through Jericho, he's making a pilgrimage. Because he's, he's going to Jerusalem for high holidays. This would have been normal. It's what he would have done. It's what Jews did. They traveled to temple for high holidays, for Passover. As he's traveling, there are crowds beginning to amass around him, following him as part of this pilgrimage. And wherever he goes, there's more and more people just gathering around him. As he comes to Jericho, there is a crowd of people. And they continue to gather. And there are two men there. Two blind men in Jericho, and they begin to call out. I want us to hear this as we get ready for our, our passage from Matthew 21. Here now a reading from chapter 20, beginning in verse 29, because this sets up this whole account of Jesus entering Jerusalem. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. There were two blind men sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd sternly ordered them to be quiet, but they shouted even more loudly, Have mercy on us, Lord, Son of David. Jesus stood still and called them, saying, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened and move with compassion. Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately they regained their sight and followed him. These two blind men were calling out, Lord, Son of David. Have mercy on us. And the crowd that was gathering kept saying, shh, hush, keep it down. This was was on purpose. They they didn't want trouble. They saw trouble rising up because in in Jericho, this was King Herod, quote, unquote, King Herod, king of the Jews. This was his summer home. They were afraid Herod was going to hear it. What happens to all these people who are following, who are gathered around Jesus, and these these pilgrims making their way to Jerusalem, all of a sudden they're calling out, here's another king, here's the king, here's the Messiah, the son of David, the king. What is Herod going to say? What's he going to do? How much trouble will we be in? How many people are going to surround us and threaten us to our very life? So keep it down. Don't make a fuss. Don't bring attention to what's happening here. Now we have the story continuing. We pick up in chapter 21, and the lesson is printed in your order of service. Matthew writes, When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this. The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. May God bless the reading of the gospel. Thanks be to God. So as Jesus is making his way, he arrives in Bethphage, and he tells his disciples to go and find a donkey there and a, a colt. Untie them and bring them to me. See, Bethphage was considered the the limits of Jerusalem. They had made it from, from Jericho to Bethany, and now they were in Bethphage. And as he passed through the city gates of Bethphage, he was entering the city of Jerusalem. He entered as a king, riding humbly on a donkey. Now Matthew struggles what to make of of these two, the donkey and the colt, this young foal. The other gospels just say he rode a donkey, a young donkey, one that had never been ridden. Matthew has both of them there. I think he was kind of struggling with what to do with a donkey and a foal. But let's just imagine that Jesus is riding on this young donkey one that had never been ridden before, one that might be appropriate for a humble king entering a city, a city as its king. But what is happening? When we take this entry out of Jer- Jericho into Bethphage and then into Jerusalem, We have this image of all these people continuing to gather as as these Jewish people are making their way on this pilgrimage to the capital city, to the temple, to celebrate and to honor Passover. Here are all these people gathering, and they're cutting down branches and they're laying cloaks on the road so that Jesus and his disciples won't even have to touch the road. That this donkey that he's riding, his hooves will never touch the dirt. It's the red carpet. They're cutting down these limbs and they're waving palm branches. And we have this idea that they're waving all these palm branches like like you might at a a, a football game, you would wave a shaker. But that's not really what this is. This is more like going to a, a parade on the 4th of July and you're waving your American flag because that's what the palm branches were. They were a symbol of, of Jewish nationalism. This was the, this, they were declaring that this was their king. This was the anointed one, the Messiah, the one that was promised by the prophets, the one who was going to come and liberate Jerusalem and Judea and Israel and all of the Jewish people. They would be liberated by this king and they're waving their flags, these palm branches and people are saying hosanna son of david the messiah the anointed one the king and there are others saying shh be quiet hush don't bring attention to us because matthew tells us this was turmoil was erupting in the city as this procession continues to move through the city streets all the way to the temple The people are gathered. They're waving their palm branches. They're declaring their independence. They're they're declaring that they are a nation following their king. And those who are in power, the Jewish priests, the Jewish leaders are saying, stop, be quiet. Don't do this. And others are asking, Who is this? What is going on? And they're waving their palm branches and they're making their way through the gates of the temple into the the court of Gentiles. And there, chapter 21 continues to talk about how Jesus made his way into, the, into this court of Gentiles and he found there the, the money changers and those who were selling animals for sacrifice. And he turns the tables over and he runs the money changers out and he chases the, those who were selling animals out of the court. And he says, my house is a house of prayer and you've turned it into a den of robbers. Now stop it. I imagine it got pretty quiet. I imagine the people there began to feel the turmoil. You know in the, in the Greek, this is the same word it's used for for like an earthquake, a quake. So think about how powerful this movement was as Jesus moves from Bethphage into Jerusalem, through the city streets, into the temple, and it's like an earthquake) <coughs> And people are waving their palm branches. And their chants of Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. After he turns over these tables and chases out the money changers, he looks around and he sees the powerless who are sick the lame and he heals them and Matthew tells us that the children began to proclaim Hosanna Hosanna in the highest the least powerful in all of the land the least powerful in that city recognized who Jesus is and what he's doing he's turning the world upside down He's raising the powerless into power. He's challenging the powerful. He's turning our world upside down. Sometimes our world needs to be challenged. Sometimes our world needs to be turned upside down. Sometimes natural disasters can absolutely challenge our thinking. Who God is? Who is this? When we read about gun violence and school shootings, drug overdoses, we ask, who is this? You see, as I read through this account in Matthew 20 and 21, I see Jesus processing but not just processing I see Jesus invading a dark and dangerous city because he is invading a dark and dangerous world and he brings peace and he brings grace and he brings love but he doesn't bring peace passively he marches in with peace he tells Peter in chapter 16 Peter on you you're my rock, and I'm going to build my church on you. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. The gates of all that is dark, of all that is dangerous, of all that is wrong in the world, of all that is amiss in the world, of all that is broken in the world, nothing will stop the gospel and the kingdom of God. Nothing. So we ask ourselves, math asks ask us, who is this? Who do we say Jesus is? And Matthew's been telling us all along, from verse 1 through the birth narratives, in Caesarea Philippi, on the Mount of Transfiguration, that this is the Messiah. The promised son of David. And this Messiah comes to challenge the world. To bring peace in a world that hungers for it. To bring love in a world that craves it. To bring wholeness. In a world that is bro- broken in a world to bring light in a world that is dark, and nothing is going to stop the kingdom of God. Nothing will stop the church. So the question, or I should say the questions on Palm Sunday that we have to ask ourselves is who is this? Who is this? son of David who enters our world. And when the turmoil and the quake begins to rumble beneath our feet and we are afraid because of all of the turmoil, what will we do? When we feel the trouble, when we feel those brothers lining up against us. Will we be faithful? Or will our chance turn from Hosanna to crucify him? Because Matthew is clear. As we as part of the crowds who follow Jesus have to make a decision, we have to make a declaration Of who is this? And what will we do? What does it mean to say that he is the Lord, the Son of David, the Messiah? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.